Hey, Andy, here's a question for you. Our technology systems are completely out of control. The programs department has their own sets of data, plus finance, plus fundraising, and every month we need to put together a packet full of KPIs and strategic plan metrics for the board. It's overwhelming and takes us days every single month. Our executive director thinks everybody does this, but I'm not so sure. Are we over-reporting? Yeah, you, you might be. So there's, it, I mean, it feels like there are a couple of questions buried in this one, right? There's there's the the questions where we've got a whole bunch of data that doesn't seem to be talking to itself. Um, and then, then we're over-reporting. Like, are we actually, do we need to do all these things? Are two kind of separate questions. I want to take the second one first, because that's the, I think that's the easiest one to answer on a podcast, <laughs> right? So I, I think that... What information your board needs is probably going to change over time, depending on like how long your organization's been around, how sophisticated you are, what the environment is like. And so stuff that you had five years ago may not actually be relevant. And then you've sort of stuck in this, this inertia of like, this is how, this is the packet that we've always provided to the board. And this is all the detail that the board has always, always looked at. And so we feel the need to continually generate that over and over and over again, when in many cases, the board doesn't care and they're just looking at it because you're handing it to them. And so, and, and it's, it's rare. I mean, I, in my experience, it's rare to take something out of a board report. I see things added in all the time. Hey, could you also do X, right? And then you say, sure, I'll do X. And you throw that one in too. And then by the time, you know, four or five years go by, you've got X, Y, Z, and then an entire new alphabet of new reports that need to be added to the board stack every time. So it, it is good, especially now that you're concerned about it. And it, if, it, if it is taking a long time and there are a whole bunch of pieces that are going into it and it's taking you a really long time to put the thing together, that's a really good opportunity to step back and say, what do we really need to provide to to run our operation and how much of it really needs to go to the board and how much it can be sort of down and dirty staff work where we're looking at it in a, uh, like an executive team meeting where it's just the, the C levels are looking at it, or it's the program staff looking at it and trying to decide what their metrics are and then rolling that information when it's important up to the board. Cause, cause I don't know, you tell me, Stacey, what do you think? Does the, does the board really care about all that detail? No, like I, you know, there's a reason there's dashboard reports and other than maybe a couple of oddball board members, which is very rare, I don't ever find it, right? Like board members that really want to dive in or dig deep. And usually if they do, um, then it's managing them. So they're, they're not becoming the micromanaging board member, right? Because I think you run this risk when you start to share, like there's this, this old kind of adage about, you know, board members go to the level you take them to, right? Mm -hmm. So if you actually give them all this data and all this information, they're going to start to expect it and go down into the weeds with you, which is exactly where you don't want them. So, so I think it is a great opportunity, like you said, to kind of revisit it. And I also think, yeah, thinking about, I mean, the other thing I hear with this question is this sense of like, when you've grown to a point where Maybe you do have different aspects of the organization, maybe even other staff, program staff, finance staff, fundraising staff, if there is that in this organization, then those systems internally, like their data collection to do their jobs becomes siloed, right? And then they're not even 
always talking to each other saying, hey, how can our data help you and your job and, and vice versa? And I think there's sort of like, it feels to me like an internal conversation to figure out A, how they kind of cross-communicate, cross-pollinate their data and their discussions, and also the larger picture of, yeah, talking to your board about, hey, this has taken us a lot of times because, you know, boards don't always know that. And sometimes boards think they're doing their job, right? Let me ask you to give us X, Y, and Z. And they actually don't even realize how much time it takes. So I think there's some education here for your board too. Like, do you realize we actually spend two full work days preparing these board reports. Like we could actually do something maybe a little different that still gives you the info you need to govern our organization without coming down into the weeds with us. Um, or come serve on a committee if you really like, whatever, I don't know, come in and be a volunteer and help us think through this if you really are that, you know, passionate about it. Yeah, you make two really good points. One is to use the committee structure to sort of filter some of that stuff that you need to do. So if the finance, like, so finance has it really easy in some of these cases because financial statements are financial statements. They just, they are what they are. There's a rule about how they're put together because, you know, you're trying to make it so that you can't make numbers up and fudge it. You need it to be very specific. And so there's very strict rules about what, how they put, how they get put together. So in that case, finance has it really easy where it's just like, here, this is it, you're done. And then if it's, additional levels of detail that you need to go into, but you don't really want the board to spend time on, that's the perfect opportunity to use something like finance committee. And it's really what the finance committee is really good at is this is where you bring the people who can understand what they're te- what you're telling them, who can ask you complicated questions. You can give them complicated answers. They can feel comfortable with it. And then when they bring that to the board later, they can say, we looked at all this stuff and it makes sense to us. The rest of the board feels really comfortable with that because they know that the smart people who understand this particular technical detail have already looked at it and feel comfortable with it. So they're comfortable with it, right? So that's Absolutely. one thing is using that committee structure. The second thing is like a lot of times the... And, and this is, again, where finance has it easy. We've got rules about how it's supposed to be put together. We don't have the same rules for program staff a lot of times. We don't have the same rules for development staff. And so the the impetus to provide some kind of reporting then just becomes make work. Number one, you're just coming up with metrics for the sake of we need something. And then number two, it becomes like the, you're, you know, the worst status meeting that you've ever been in where you're sitting there and ever, somebody, whoever's in the room tells you, well, we talked to nine people and we made seven, like the development team, poor development team, right? We've made 17 asks, yeah. and, right? <laughs> like they have to come up with some sort of metric because if they don't, yes. then, then the rest of the, everybody looks at him and goes, well, you obviously haven't been working for the last oh, week or whatever, I right? Know. You know, and oh. it's this, it's that drive for that specific metric that, that just comes up with nonsense metrics that then get put on a dashboard and you spend all this time working on when in reality that, that, that team probably has much better things to work on than reporting on, you know, we put 14 more entries in the database and we corrected three zip codes and like, who cares? Like, that's just, that's just the work you need to do. And there's no reason for that to get any farther than your own team. I think there's also... Data is just, I don't know, it's a pain point, right? Like, I feel like it's the thing that most nonprofits, when you talk to them, just 
cringe. I mean, there's there's those data people, self-proclaimed data geeks out there that love it. And, and I'm a big believer, right, in making decisions informed by data. But the actual gathering, collecting, and creating that flow of data so that you're not duplicating entry or have data working against each other instead of supporting each other. It's I think it can be complex. And I think organizations, particularly smaller to even mid-sized nonprofits, really struggle with it. I, have you found that to be the case in your work? Yeah. And it's the, the two big things are one is there's never a single source of truth for something. It's like, one team is keeping track of some information in one system and another team doesn't trust that system. So they're keeping the exact same information in a completely separate system and the two ones don't talk. And then you've got this, I mean, in the, the, the sort of canonical example is development and finance dealing with pledges and donors. So there's got to be some sort of coordination between the development team and the finance team about who's going to keep track of what information, like the, and and we ha- I have this conversation with finance teams all the time because finance teams just in general for some reason don't trust the development team. I don't know why. I think it's 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 hilarious. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's it, but it's very very common. And and it goes both ways too, right? The development team's like yeah. ah, I don't want to go anywhere near those people. Yeah. They keep asking me questions <laughs> I don't want to answer. So the so what happens is the the finance team doesn't trust the development team at all, and so they need to keep track of all the information distinctly from the development team. So you've got all your development information that's going into the one CRM system that has the the donor name, awesome stuff like soft credits, like <laughs> like this. If you want to like make a finance person's head explode, try to explain soft credits to them because it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just to do it, to be mean. Right. So if you're ever inter- interviewing, here's the fu- just a fun side thing. If you're ever interviewing a person for a finance position and you're, you know, you're hiring on a new finance position, ask them about soft credits and see what they say. Cause either they'll, <laughs> either they'll just like literally die, like right there, their heart will stop and they'll fall out of the chair and you're like, okay, I don't want that person. Like, or they'll either have this really nuanced answer about how like soft credits are supposed to work. It's really, really fun. I enjoy doing it. So, so <laughs> But what happens you is... You like putting people through pain, Andy. Oh, like, is that what you're saying? I yeah. do. I don't, you know, it's like I got to use this useless knowledge for something, right? But the, the, you've got... So you've got the develop, the finance team who doesn't trust the data that's going to the development system. So you end up ca- keeping it track of it in two separate places and then having to have this painful monthly, quarterly, annual process where you're feeding those two pieces of information together to try to see which one's right. And the, the reality is, is because the finance team doesn't trust the development team to have their act together. Like when in re- when when really the development team is, they know who the donors are. They know what the pledges are supposed to be. They know when they're coming in. They're keeping track of all that information. And so what you should do is say, that is the system of record for that information. Like if, so when an auditor comes in and says, tell me about pledges, the finance team should go, talk to the development team. They've got the real information about what pledges are and they feed that information to us. So that is the system of record for that. And you'd be shocked at how many nonprofits have like, what's the system of record for development? It's the accounting system. Well, it shouldn't be. That should be accounting information. Let the development team do the development stuff, trust them to get it right. And then, you know, if, if there are issues and things aren't working right, like have a conversation about like, okay, so when you got this, pledge from this donor who said she was going to give you $100,000 over three years. Did she say when? At the beginning of the year, at the middle of the year, at the end of the year? Do we know? Are we sending her invoices? How is that going to work? Like, and have that conversation about like, so that the finance team can be like, I need more information about exactly what is happening. And it can't be fluffy and wishy-washy. And the development team's like, 
yeah, I'm not hassling this donor, <laughs> right? I'm not going to call this <laughs> right. person and say, so are you going to give this to us at nine o'clock in the morning on July 1st? <laughs> or is this going to come in at five o'clock on July 1st, right? <laughs> like they're not going to have that conversation because it's embarrassing and stupid, right? So there's got to be some sort of meeting in the middle of like, this is how much we need. This is what you're going to be able to get for us, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, I think it's a, I think it's a fascinating conversation. There's those interfaces between departments are what's really, really fun. Um, but yeah, the data, I mean, everything is data now, right? So, yeah. so it kind of, it's sort of a microcosm of all the other organizational challenges that we see in nonprofits. Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything nonprofit with your host, Andy Shurick and Stacy Wedding. Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Everything. We are so excited to have you here today, especially because we have a special guest, uh, a guest expert, Jason Cho. And uh, I'm going to get introducing, uh, I'm going to introduce Jason in just a minute. But in the meantime, I I just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year. I know it is a grind getting back into work after the holidays and it, it can be painful and the to-do list is never ending, but Hey, we're all there together. And, uh, I'm hoping this is maybe a little reprieve you have during the day that, uh, gives you a, a little break from, from the grind. So thanks for joining us. And with that, I'm going to just lead right into, uh, introducing you to Jason. So, um, I've asked Jason to address a question that Andy and I started to chat about recently when we did this, uh, and and we really just scratched the surface, and I knew we needed to bring in a true expert to really help us take a deeper dive. So welcome, Jason, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Stacey. So excited to be here with you. Great. So here's some background on Jason for our listeners. Jason has a passion to help nonprofits succeed and a wide range of professional experience in both the for-profit and nonprofit sectors. He's run his own businesses, has a strong background in accounting and finance, even has his master's of science in finance and got to study at the Swiss Banking Institute in Zurich for a season. He currently works at a nonprofit and runs his own consultancy called Prex Consulting. One area he specializes in is business analytics and data, and I thought he'd be the perfect person to ask about this question. So as a refresher, the question we received, our technology systems are completely out of control. The programs department has their own sets of data, plus finance, plus fundraising, and every month we need to put together a packet full of KPIs and strategic plan metrics for the board. It's overwhelming and takes us days every single month. Our executive director thinks everybody does this, but I'm not so sure. Are we over-reporting? Jason, what do you think? Oh, Stacey, to be perfectly honest, I wish um, I could find this person and just give him a hug because I think we all have been there before and we know kind of what that feels like. it sounds like this commenter is kind of working in a, a broken system of sorts, and maybe not the individual system, but the overall collection of systems just aren't working together. Um, but I'll say, I feel like in the executive director's comments, they're both 
uh, right and wrong, if you will, um, in their assessment that everybody does this. Um, I think on the one hand, the ED is right in the sense that there are actually a lot of organizations that spend a lot of time and money managing their systems, data, and reporting. And it's true that these organizations take so much time uh, to generate these KPIs and whatever metrics their board or donors or whoever is looking for. So in that sense, I would agree with the ED. It sounds like a lot of people are doing it this way. But uh, the other side, um, I would say, is I think the ED might be wrong in the sense that um, it doesn't have to be that way because it's just the way it is. Uh, I contend that it's absolutely um, an opportunity for the commenter or someone else to kind of come in and help give a third party perspective of what's going on. Sometimes when we're in the day to day, uh, we're so close to it to see what the real problems are and where the breakdowns uh, might exist. But um, I would basically boil this down to an opportunity to introduce innovation for the organization and some initial ideas to consider um, is that I don't think it's a matter of over-reporting that might be the issue, but a matter of the integration of the systems. So um, there aren't enough details to really gather whether like the finance department is using a completely different system or the same system, but it's definitely not being integrated at the end. So it feels like a lot of people are spinning their wheels and it does not sound like it's fun for anybody. Um, so I would encourage the commenter to almost rally the department heads together um, because it sounds like they're at least on the same page. Uh, it doesn't sound like anyone is thriving through this process. So uh, I, I almost consider that they're halfway there in terms of saying, hey guys, we, we should probably figure out a better way to do this because it's taking all of our departments way too much time and none of us is loving it. So if there is a better way, we almost owe it to ourselves and ultimately to our ED and, and the board and whoever else they're preparing these reports for. So um, that's what I'd say initially, just as a couple thoughts, um, but I would encourage dialogue and, and probably candid dialogue. Um, don't lose your job over the way you phrase this, but definitely lay out the truths of, of where the system is broken. Well, and I, I love what you're saying because I do think we we all sort of get caught up in it particular. I mean, it's not just something nonprofits face, but all of us as leaders and as whether we're running for-profit, nonprofit, whatever realm, just our day-to-day -day lives, we get caught up in doing things the way we've always done them, right? And sometimes those things really aren't working for us. And so this seems like a great opportunity, particularly I, I find that the start of a new year can bring this opportunity for people to, to do a reset and say, hey, let's reflect back on, on the past year and what worked, what didn't, and what could we maybe change this, this new year? That, that, that famous uh, start, stop, continue activity, right? Start something new, stop doing what's not working and continue doing uh, what's working well. And I think this could be applied, it sounds like, from what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's completely in a non-aggressive, non-threatening way, because you're right, the beginning of a new year is a logical time for organizations to just pause and reflect um, on what can be improved. So I, I completely agree with you, Stacey. I think this is the perfect window of time. So 
I'm, I'm going to guess, uh, given your knowledge and background, that, that there's probably a lot of steps. There's various steps maybe to, to a data system, a data process, um, everything from how you collect it, how you organize it, how it gets input, and, the, you know, the list goes on. And, and I'm wondering if maybe you can elaborate on, on some of those um, areas or, or kind of, you know, pieces of that larger system that need to be taken into consideration if someone's, if someone's retooling what they're doing? Uh, I think that is a great question. And Stacey, um, just to kind of set the table a little bit, data is not the enemy you know, we need data, we value data, data gives us insight into who we're trying to reach or help, um, and whether we're being effective and efficient in, in it. So um, let's not blame data, that is just the tool. <laughs> but I think sometimes what what gets a bad rap for data is the broken systems. And that's why I think your question is so pertinent, is because um, a lot of people don't actually understand kind of the different areas that go into what we just called data with a broad stroke. So I like to think of data in terms of six areas to consider um, when it comes to this data process, if you will. And uh, it begins with data segmentation, which is basically understanding what data is actually needed. And that might even be valuable for uh, the commenter. You know, if they're just going through reams of spreadsheets, um, and they don't actually need all that, there's a way to save time and frustration just by understanding specifically like that data segmentation piece, what do we actually need? And then the next part is data collection. How is this data being gathered? And there are a lot of ways to do that better usually for organizations. Um, and I think that's where they fall privy to what you were mentioning earlier about, you know, the way we used to do things, the way we always do things. Yeah. Um, I have not met a single person or leader who knows of a better way and consciously just chooses to do it a worse way. Right. Um, they're doing the best they can with what they know is usually the scenario. So data collection is going to be super important in terms of gathering it together in a meaningful way. And then that leads to the third area, which would be data organization. And that is basically how is this data being organized so that it can be analyzed? And a lot of times um, when I'm consulting with someone with their data, uh, just by looking at some of the spreadsheets they have, within five seconds, I know um, where these first three steps kind of fall and, and how they're doing in terms of that. Um, you want to be able to organize your data in a way that doesn't just make sense to you, but actually makes sense to everybody else. And that's kind of the magic there is sometimes uh, we as as nonprofit leaders, um, we're running small teams and we wear a lot of different hats. So when we're putting the spreadsheets together, we know all the relationships and we know um, the stories behind all the numbers, but no one else on our team does. So it just ends up creating more work because we're not organizing the data properly. And then uh, the fourth area would be data verification. Is this data accurate and complete? Is it trustworthy? Um, that's definitely worth a pause because sometimes we go so fast or we're so shorthanded that we're just throwing things together, but adding a zero can make a huge impact if it's the wrong thing, um, the wrong figure to be analyzing and uh, considering. So we definitely want to make sure everything is correct. Do you feel like with trustworthy data, um, 
I, I hear you on that, right? Because garbage in, garbage out. We've heard that <laughs> adage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for people who are wearing multiple hats and are, you know, running as fast as they can, uh, do, do you have, I, I don't know, anything you've seen, any words of advice about how to make sure it's trustworthy or, or if there's a way to check it or, or have, you know, is it as simple as an extra set of eyes or pair of eyes that honestly no nonprofit has the time or staff power for everyone to look at something twice? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great point, Stacey. Um, really, I would say the key hallmark of a great data system is that it actually wouldn't require more work, but it would require less work and be more accurate. And that should be um, a function of the system itself. So let's say you're using Google Sheets and you've got formulas in there so that people don't have to count things by hand. Well, that's smart. That's the right direction to head. But to make sure one, that the formulas are correct is going to matter. And then two, um, to make sure that it's again, presented in the right way so that people understand what you're actually calculating. but yeah, without that consideration, I think you end up just spinning your wheels a lot of the times because it's hard, again, to to get people to check your work because then it feels like you're just giving more people more work to do. So if yeah. you can find the right system or build the right system, um, the, the analogy I would use, it's like building a house, um, measure twice, cut once. You know, it's a lot easier um, to have the right framework, the right blueprints, and then building the house instead of building a house and then trying to add five feet of house. Oh, so end. true. So true. So crazy. Obviously, the concrete and the plumbing and the electrical and the frame. Like, how do you add five feet of house? That's that's wild. So, but I think that's the reality of what a lot of organizations are doing. Um, you know, they're using a system from you know this company or that company, or they're they heard about it somewhere on social media, their friend uses it, you know, um, so they they jump into that system because it, it sounds good, but no one is considering how that system works in conjunction with all the other systems the organization's already using. And that's where I think uh, the value of like a consultant or having someone with a third third party perspective outside eyes looking in can kind of point those things out because, um, I know even in the nonprofit I work with, uh, we've got like iMessage and GroupMe and Slack and emails. Oh. And I'm thinking someone needs to help just consolidate this because we what was meant to help streamline things for us has actually become more work. And now you're more liable because if you don't check all four messaging platforms, then you missed something, even if someone you know, added you or CC'd you or whatever the case might be. And I think that is somewhat analogous to the issue the commenter is facing. It's not a messaging system or a communication platform. It's literally a reporting system that that is uh, incongruent, that is probably in need of some alignment, um, if anything. But I think that's a great point to bring up, Stacey. Well, and talking about, you know, I'm just smiling here thinking about what you just said, even that I know is off topic and, and would be a great other question if anyone wants listening, wants to write us, write us or send us a message and let us know you have this question because what you just raised, Jason, is even the communication systems and platforms and and it's overwhelming. And it's, I'm going to say from personal experience, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to streamline it in my own world, right? Because I'm like, oh, shoot. 
I, I don't use that platform for that, my purposes, right? But other people might send me a work message on that platform and it's like, what in the heck? So it's it's a lot. We are all managing and juggling a lot. So anyway, that's you, you have piqued my interest with that, that topic as well. <laughs> well, and I just want to encourage you, Stacey, and all the listeners. Um, I know what you're doing is a lot. I mean, it's kind of baked in when you work with a nonprofit. But I also want to just remind you that the greatest challenges you face also present the greatest opportunities. Um, even if it's not your role or your job to fix it, uh, maybe you throw your hat in the ring. Maybe you um, approach it with a perspective of as a, a value added. And hopefully that can be recognized and an opportunity to be promoted or get a raise or get an extra vacation day or something, a pat on the back. <laughs> whatever it might be that that your organization would, would uh, recognize you for. But at the end of the day, I think a high tide raises all ships would be the idea. If you can help your organization be better aligned and streamlined with the systems they're using, um, you all win, you know, and, and that I think would be the idea there. And I know, I know I interrupted you. You were going down this beautiful list and I, I think we were going through number four and you were ready to go to number five. So I'll let you keep going. Well, and, and the beautiful thing, Stacey, is you stopped me at a place that I think is a, a good, good marker. Kind of the first four I feel go together and then these last two go together as well because after you have data segmentation, data collection, data organization, and data verification, you take all that and then you have data aggregation, which is you summarize all that data together, um, you clean it up. So what's the bottom line is kind of the idea. And you want to be able to present that in tables or, or something like that. Uh, very, very few people I know can actually look at rows and columns of data and just discern trends and information and understand things. I mean, for most people, it's just you look at that and it's overwhelming. It becomes white noise of numbers. So um, data aggregation is very important to pull it all together and summarize it. And then the next step, which I think a lot of organizations miss, but I think is one of the most powerful steps in the whole data process is data presentation. And for me, what that means is taking all these results, even after they've been aggregated, and creating uh, data visualizations, uh, picture stories. Um, we all say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, when it comes to data, that is definitely true because no one wants to look at all the nuanced numbers. Again, just the bottom line. But even when you're looking at a table, still trends might be a little elusive. So. Um, having the end user in mind, whoever's going to be looking at the data, you want to make it as easy as possible on them to quickly understand what is going on. Um, if they have to ask more follow-up questions or dig deeper, that's probably symptomatic that you're not fully there yet. It's not fully baked as a process. Um, you want to be able to present something to someone where literally they have no question because you've covered all the bases. It, it's clear, it's concise and hopefully easy on the eyes. Um, oh, yeah. You want, yeah, reduce stress, reduce anxiety. And I mean, I almost sound like a mental health professional, but data causes a lot of stress and anxiety for people. It's yeah. very frustrating and causes a lot of friction for organizations. Um, but again, that's not data's fault. It's more of a reflection of the systems we're using. So if we can improve our systems, then data doesn't need to be villainized anymore. And I'll even go a step further. At that point, 
data should then become actionable, which is where we all want it to be as leaders and nonprofits, um, so that we can take that information and make adjustments in our leadership or our programs, um, the opportunities that we pursue, whatever that might be. That is where data is our friend because it gives us a basis to lead into the future. And I'm thinking from that data sort of visualization and kind of the presentation of the data piece. I, I mean, what I love about that idea is that it, it when it's not done well, people quickly go to not really understanding the data they're seeing, right? Not making as as well-informed decisions or just complete overwhelm, as you mentioned, um, when, they, when it isn't organized and prepared and presented in a way that everyone can understand. And so, so it's really taking sort of this robust system and then I'm almost envisioning, Jason, tell me if this is on on point, like, whatever, a one or two page, it could be a one or two page beautiful report that's got some, you know, different pie charts, you know, bar graphs, like uh, different things that sort of in a snapshot give you as the organization making decisions, whether you're a board leader um, and on the board, whether you're, you know, a staff leader and you're like, which direction do we go? What's working for us or not? This data presentation makes all the difference. Yes, Stacey. And I've seen that happen time and again. And um, to be perfectly honest, I feel, you know, what we're talking about, sometimes these data visualizations are compiled into what's known as a dashboard um, that summarizes these KPIs or, or different analytics, metrics, whatever the organization is looking for. And that's helpful. But um, sometimes when we use systems, they're pretty templated and you can't actually get them adjusted to present the data you want. So that's frustrating. So, Ooh. you know, you're paying for a service and you got to add in another service or do it yourself behind the scenes to, to get that extra bit you need covered. That's frustrating. But I think the biggest tragedy of the whole data process, Stacey, would be that someone misses one of these steps and the the decision maker the leader of the organization is really leading the organization with one arm tied behind their back or even in a wrong direction based off of wrong conclusions that are drawn from incomplete data or not trustworthy data or data that's presented in a skewed way because it doesn't present the full picture of everything so um gosh i that even saying that um gives me a reason to pause because it just breaks my heart to think, you know, as much good as we try to do it in the nonprofit sector, um, that we might miss the mark because we miss one of these steps or they're incomplete. And uh, I think that's a huge risk and a threat to the good that we try to do through these organizations um, together. And, you know, another thing that's top of mind for me, since it, it sounded like at least from the original question that that we got it sounds like the board, obviously, there was, part of this was driven by needing to give data and reporting to the board, which, you know, to some degree, I mean, to very much an absolute degree, boards should be looking at and asking questions to be able to be good fiduciaries and good stewards of organizational resources. So, th so these kinds of things are critical. And yet, I think oftentimes what what I hear nonprofits struggle with is boards are either sometimes the data that they're getting is incomplete or doesn't show that overall picture. So then the board will go right down into the weeds and really start like digging into the operational weeds that 
all of us as, you know, who've been in staff of nonprofits, like sort of cringe and go, no, like, right. My expression, run for the hills, right? Like we want to run for the hills, right? When, when, when board members start to do that. And so it seems like a good system like this could actually really help both the board do their role you know, and keep it at that high enough level, right? That oversight monitoring role. So so we keep them out of like all the details that went into the actual presentation, you know, end presentation we give them, right? That shows them the snapshot, that dashboard of of what the indicators are that we need to be keeping an eye on. So, so I love this because it sounds like at least from what you're saying, and if I'm understanding properly, like a good system can have as detailed reporting or information we need, or it can be as high level as we need, depending on our audience. Is that is that accurate? Yes, absolutely, Stacey. So even the six steps I outlined, if someone was to put this together, um, they should be able to reference the raw data, the aggregated uh, summarized data, and then the actual data visualizations or the dashboard. So every step of that process should be available simultaneously. So I know boards are unique based on who sits on your board. And if you got some quant people or data driven people, they might want to get into the nuances and they might remember, you know, from like a beautiful mind or a rain man, like specifically a figure from three years ago and, and want to see that number and you should be able to present that to them. But um, I'd also say data is only a tool and it's not meant to be the overarching everything. We still get to lead the organizations based on the data. And even if the data flies in the face of what we want to do, we should still have an opportunity to lead through that, um, even presenting to a board. And I would say the data can help shape a narrative, but it should not control the narrative. You know, we shouldn't be subject to enslaved to what the data looks like. Um, that's the value we provide in our leadership, in our passion, in our heart. We can say the data shows a trend that it's moving this direction. I would actually like to bring us more back to center, back to what we were originally founded for. Um, I think we don't have to alienate the growth, but that's more of an add-on instead of our core as an organizational mission or vision uh, that we're trying to accomplish. I think there's a lot of beautiful things that can come from that kind of pairing, um, working together with the data. But uh, I've seen it happen from one extreme to the other where data drives everything to data is meaningless. And it's like, no, it's really like Goldilocks. It's there's a middle spot to live <laughs> with this data. And, um, you know, hopefully it can stress people out less, but everyone listening, they'll already know where their organization stands in terms of data because of how they their knee-jerk gut reaction to it. Um, I know this, Stacey, a lot of us, when we, we sign up to work with nonprofits or even start nonprofits, we don't do that because we want to manage data or we want to spend half our day um, doing administrative tasks, working through spreadsheets and workbooks and things like that. Um, so, uh, if we are leaders in nonprofits, I would think um, part of the value proposition is that you, you're working here, you're working with me, and I want to keep that pure to why you've decided to spend the best hours of your day with me um, and not kind of bait and switch you into, yeah, we're going to help these marginalized teens with education or the environment or, you know, the arts or whatever it might be, but really half your day is going to be spent looking at these spreadsheets and managing this data, because that feels a little bit like, I'm not sure if I signed up for that. And 
you know, to be perfectly honest, I think that's another huge risk for organizations is if leadership doesn't acknowledge and recognize that a lot of the people on your team are spending a lot of time doing things they don't love, then I don't know how long they're going to stick around. And I know um, turnover for nonprofits is one of the biggest uh, setbacks and hurdles that, that we face. So um, just to say, if people do things they don't love every day, you should already know that they're probably not going to last. And that's not their fault. That might be on our leadership. And we have to own things like that. So um, thinking through data and speaking into processes that we might be able to help, I think it's very noble. Um, and I would encourage everyone to do it. So kudos to the commenter. You're not crazy. This is a huge <laughs> opportunity to, to maybe speak up and, and influence your organization in a positive way is what I would uh, encourage them with. Yeah, no, I think those are very wise words. And um, I just I, I just keep nodding my head. Everything you're saying is resonating with me as someone who is not a data guru uh, like you are. And and I just, um, it actually sounds, you make it sound sort of um, fun, believe it or not. I, 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 I'm not quite sure how you transformed me from like, oh dear, I'm dreading this interview with this data guy, Jason, to... <laughs> Just kidding, Jason. You know I love you, but but but, yes. but my point is is um, I actually think like there's there's some hope I hear here. There's it sounds like just we can't afford to not think about these things as as organizations. Um, the financial cost of it, the psychological and sort of emotional cost, right, that, uh, of having employees that aren't. Um, you know, being fulfilled by their work or are working in a broken system that perhaps they know it, like they don't know their way out of it, but they know it's broken. And and I'm guessing there's probably ways to even have those conversations internally to really kind of break down, um, you know, all of all of the moving parts that go into a data system and figuring out how how you get this organized in a way that takes aspects of, you know, whether it's just one department or aspects of an entire organization and integrates it. Because I mean, the one thing I keep thinking about, and we could talk about this forever, right? But you think there's a lot of duplication of effort too, right? And so those, those like people doing the same thing, but in different departments, and maybe it's the same kind of task, but it's for different end purposes. I'm assuming there may be like systems that could actually help shortcut that or streamline that. So, you know, someone that three different people aren't doing the same kind of entry point in a different way. Um, so those are all the things that come to mind for me that that I think go back to wow cost savings and like mental health uh you know strengthening so yeah I, I think you hit the nail on the head Stacy honestly if um, there are leaders of nonprofits listening and I know resources and budgets are always tight but the reality is I'd say they're already paying for it like you said if three people are working on it, and they don't have the skill set for it nor the passion for it it's the worst cost to pay that that yeah. price you're paying is too high for your team and i'm sure you're paying them some kind of salary or hourly contract something so it's already just being paid for it's just not the best spend um, so if you can reduce the number of people working on it, the amount of time it takes, the dollars it takes, I mean, that really is is moving towards a more optimal situation. But it takes leadership that's willing to pause and reflect 
and consider, you know, is what we're doing the best? Is it, is it healthy even? Um, you know, and I think that's, that's always worth asking uh, in, in what we do in the nonprofit sector, because all of us are willing to give our lives to these things and we'll work 80 hour weeks and, you know, <laughs> the need is so great and, and all of that is noble, but um, we got to have the, the end goal in mind um, that our nonprofits are better served with us lasting and, and being there for the long term, uh, not burning out in a few years um, because it's been too hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, let me ask you before we, we wrap up here, are, are there any final words of wisdom, advice that you want to impart uh, before we, we sign off? Um, no, I think we've covered a lot of the, the bases in, in regards to data. I will just say in general, um, I love people who work in the nonprofit sector, Stacey. I think it I is one of the best things that uh, we get to do. And I know a lot of us work in nonprofits, not necessarily for the paycheck, uh, but for the impact. Uh, we get to see the improvement in, in our communities. And I have a huge debt of gratitude for everyone who's willing to make our communities better. Um, I, I love the fact that there are over, what, 13 million nonprofits oh, in the huge country. Number, right? Yeah. 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 And um, I know a lot of those those people struggle. So let's do this together. Stacey, I want to thank you for having this incredible podcast, um, a tremendous resource, because a lot of times we just don't know what we don't know. And even getting to talk to you today about data, hopefully that has turned some some light bulbs on for some people and helps them be a little more efficient, a little more effective, reduces stress and anxiety, and helps them be better leaders. But um, if you're listening, I want to encourage you, you're, you're doing a great job. It might not be as quick as you want, or the results might not be exactly fully there, but what you're doing matters and keep going. Let's do it together. Oh, great, great parting words. I couldn't have said it better, Jason. Um, I'm so appreciative of you sharing your knowledge, your years of experience, expertise, and just your passion for you're you're this amazing, and I've told you this before in, in some of our work together, right? You're this amazing amalgamation of both like the analytical, um, very detailed mind that can go places that many of us only dream of, as well as like that high level visionary, optimistic, like guy that everyone wants to be around. And it's just a pleasure to talk to you. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you, Stacey, so much for having me today. All right. And uh, just for those listening, we will also put a, a link, whether it's to Jason's uh, LinkedIn profile or, or whatever info he wants to give us so that if you have any follow-up questions, you're welcome to reach out to him. Um, and we just, again, thank you for listening and thank uh, our guest experts like Jason for sharing all your wisdom. So with that, onward and upward and make it a great day.